I was speaking in Canada, and somebody shouted out from the crowd, are you the guy that does the voice for Shrek, right? And I was just about to deal with that when someone on the other side shouted, no, he's a guy that looks like Shrek. And that's, that's too harsh, isn't it? Thanks for laughing anyway. Thank you for your kindness. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. So I'm Scottish, and I also want to just kind of say that I'm a massive football fan, like soccer. Not that sport that you guys play, that Australian, which is just like a big fight, isn't it? Just like the ball has got nothing to do with the game. Just leave the ball at the side and just fight, yeah? It's, yeah, I, I don't like that game. It's a bit scary. I'm basically, I'm, I love to go to the football. Now, if you know anything about um, British football, the fans, well, kind of like they do the fighting, yeah? You, you, we don't bother with it on the field. We kind of like just fall over on the field. But the fans are fighting. And um, my friend Derek, who's a minister, he um, is a big Bolton fan. And he um, said to me, oh, Mark, I've got tickets for Bolton against Chelsea. Has anyone heard of the Chelsea football team? Wow. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's great. So we're sitting there, and we're in the Bolton end, and then there's a fence, and there's the Chelsea fans on the other side, yeah? And uh, my friend is a minister of a church. He's a big Bolton fan. And Bolton score, 1-0, amazing. He goes crazy. He's jumping up and down. He's screaming. It's all good. But in the second half, Chelsea equalize. I'm, oh, he doesn't like this story. Look at him. He does not like this story. He's off. He's done his bit, yeah? He's done his bit. Yep, see you later. Bless you. Very unusual person. So the thing is, in a car with him asking me some weird questions. You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, that's enough now. I think we'll just tone it down. So the thing is, what happens is, is that, right, they equalize and Chelsea equalize. All the Chelsea fans get up and come running to the fence and they're screaming at us. They are screaming. I think they were screaming, may your mother be blessed, yeah? I think that's what it was. It was definitely something about mothers. So the thing is, they're screaming, I like that you got that, Joe. Yeah, I like that. This place is good. I already like Australia. Wow. You say that in England, people are like, well, I, I, I don't understand. Yes? Hallowed be his name. So the thing is, um, basically, 1-1, one, one, Chelsea going, fans going crazy. And that's my friend Derek. He's, he's like the vein in his neck. Or I can see. And I said to him, Derek, Derek, you're a, you're a pastor. You're a minister of a church. You love God. You're a husband. You're a father. Stay calm. Stay calm. Well, with the last kick of the game, Chelsea scored the winner. The Chelsea fans all get up. They run to the fence. They're going crazy. My friend Derek gets up. He's so angry, he starts to run towards the fence. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I can stay here, but if I go with him, that is going to be funny, isn't it? That is going to be funny. So I'm going with him, right? So I get up. I'm running alongside him. I says, Derek, listen, calm down. You've got children. You've got a wife. You need to calm down. He's so angry. He gets up against the fence. I'm going, don't say anything stupid. And he's shouts through the fence at the Chelsea fans. He just goes, ah, I, I, I hope, I hope you get stuck in traffic. I'm like, wow. 
I hope you get stuck in traffic, yeah? I don't want anything bad to happen to you, just mild inconvenience, yeah? That's a good Christian chant, isn't it? <laughs> Nothing bad to happen to you, just a little bit of traffic. I like that. I like that. And I'm so, I'm so excited that my wife's here, um, Tamsin. And when Tamsin was 30, yeah, I did 30 special treats for her 30th birthday. Come on, guys. Come on. Yeah? Yeah? A lot of guys right now going, you're an idiot, yeah? My wife's right here. Well done, you. 30 special treats for her 30th birthday. Number one, she got to go up in a hot air balloon. Yeah? Wow. Number two, I let it come back down again, yeah? Because you've got to let it come back down again, yeah? Because if you stays up there, it's not a treat, is it, yeah? Just up there forever, yeah? And I was like, wow! You saw like number nine, we went to, my, my wife's always wanted to go to stock car racing, so we went stock car racing. Number 15, we did like all these crazy, wonderful things, we went to this special hotel. Number 23, money, money was beginning to get a little bit tight, yeah? So we, we had a picnic in the loft, yeah? That was uh, number 23. And number 29, I wrote our name in jelly beans, yeah? That was because money was gone, yeah, money was gone. Jelly beans, wow, 30 things. And all my friends said to me, all they were like, you're an idiot, what have you done? 30 things for 30, yes. What are you gonna do when she's 40? I'm thinking, oh no. 60, 60 special treats for a 60th birthday. I don't even know if there is 60 nice things in the world. I'm thinking, what have I done? And then I'm like, oh no, I've got it. For our 80th birthday, I'm gonna do 80 special treats, yeah? Number one, a bungee jump, yeah? And uh, that'll take care of the other 79. We won't, we won't need to worry about them so much because uh, she never laughs at that, yeah? She always... So, <laughs> it is absolutely brilliant to be here. And I, when I was growing up, it's like um, a Scottish young guy we used to have a Scottish evangelist come to our church. And he had a massive Bible. And he used to say, every single time he came, he used to slam his Bible down. And he used to always start his sermons the same way. Slam his Bible down. And he would say, God's not happy. That was how he started every sermon. I remember sitting there thinking, God is never happy when he comes, is he? God, what is going on? God's not happy. And he had this crazy thing where he would have this finger pointing thing. And he would kind of like be a little bit old school preacher. So he would say, there are people in this congregation who are going to the cinema. And the finger would be going, yeah? And you would be going, please don't let it stop on me. Yeah? Do not let it stop on me. And then one time he came and he's, God's not happy. There are people in this congregation who are wearing makeup. Yeah? And his finger was going and it stopped on me. And I was like, wow, only once. And uh, only once. Let's not chat about it at the end. Yeah? We all go through that weird 15 stage. And... Uh, it was like, oh, wow. Every single time he came, he was like angry. Just this negative message. And you know, I became a Christian and then started to realize that the message of the Bible is good news. Do you agree? 
It's good news. You know, actually, I go around churches going, listen, God says, for goodness sake, put a bit of makeup on. Do you know what I mean? Please, for heaven's sake, a bit of blush or anything, do us all a favor. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, no one here, you look beautiful today, yeah? Honestly, some of you late. Anyway, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. So the thing is, I, I became a Christian and I realized that what a great, great thing when I felt the calling of God to get the opportunity to kind of spread this good news. And what a great privilege just two weeks ago at the Edinburgh Festival amongst all, you know, some of the comedians are shredding the name of Jesus, the Christianity, they're ripping it to pieces. And there I am in the middle of the festival getting the opportunity to lift the name of Jesus up. Isn't that great? To do comedy, but then to bring, lift up the name of Jesus. It's so exciting and it's so great. We're, we're really pleased that we're here. And listen, you know, we're here for three weeks. So if you really come and speak to my wife, don't bother me. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. She's friendly. I don't do people, right? So the thing is, so just a joke, yeah. I like people looking at me going, oh, no, he's a bit weird, that Scottish one. So today is Father's Day. It's not Father's Day in Britain, it's Father's Day here. And so I keep thinking I need to phone my dad, but my dad, we had Father's Day in June. But I don't know if your dad's the same, but did your dad say weird things? Did your dad say weird things? My dad says weird things. Like some of the, here's some of the things my dad, has anyone else's dad ever say this? If you fall off there and break your legs, don't come running to me. Has anyone else's dad ever said that to them? That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. If you break your legs, don't come running to me. No, dad, that's not making sense. The other thing is, when I was a kid, I would whinge and whine for my bike, yeah? Like, oh, dad, can you get the bike at the shed? Can you get the bike at the shed? And then my dad would eventually just lose it with me, and he would say, bike! I'll give you bike. Has anyone else had that? That's what I want, Dad. I want my bike. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's just normal language, Dad. Let's work this out. I'm asking for the bike. You get the bike, yeah? Bike, I'll get you bike. Mm, yeah. And the other one my dad used to say, I'd be crying as a kid, and my dad would say to me, cry. Oh, I'll give you something to cry for. Has anyone else ever had that? Right, let's just think that through. I'm already crying, yeah? I don't need, <laughs> I don't need something to cry for. I've already sorted that, Dad, yeah? It's like, <laughs> your dad's like, well, cry, I'll give you something to cry for. Mm, yes, once again, dads. And you know, the word father, it evokes quite a lot of emotion. I am really aware that for lots of different people in this room, the, the word father will bring up lots of different kind of feelings. For some people, it's joy. For some people, it's gratefulness. You will immediately feel thankful for the dad that you had. But I'm also aware that in a room like this, there will be some people that the, the word father will bring some sadness. Or, or maybe they'll bring a little bit of anger. You know, it's, it's difficult sometimes. It's such an emotional word, father, dad. The Bible says, as we heard a little bit earlier, it, it says that we should pray, that we should pray our father. It's like amazing thing to think that in Matthew 6, we're encouraged to pray our father. And today I wanted to talk this sermon to be called, Dad, give me a hand. 
dad, give me a hand. I don't know if you ever say that, but I'm always on the phone. I'm not very good with practical things, fixing stuff. And I'm always like, dad, can you give me a hand? And I wanted to kind of talk about that today. Dad, give me a hand. And the first three pictures, I want to paint three pictures for you today. And the first picture I wanted to paint is the, the sense of the hand on the door. The hand on the door. Now, maybe you're different from me, but when I was like 17, 18, 19, we would have this thing where I would be wanting to go to my room, go upstairs to my bed, but my dad was helping me, encouraging me through some character issues. He was kind of dealing with some stuff. And I would be at the door wanting to get out and my dad would have his hand on the door. He'd have his hand gently on the door and he'd be like, no, no, Mark, we need to go through this. And he would be talking about some stuff. He would be talking about my attitude. He would be talking about my character. He would be talking to me about some of my arrogance and some of my pride. And I would be desperately, desperately wanting to get out of that conversation. Now, my dad is a Scottish guy and he's five foot one, yeah? Five foot one, but he's as hard as nails, yeah? My dad's five foot one. He comes up to my right nipple, yeah, just there. Yeah, yeah, it's different on the left side because I'm a little bit lopsided with my nipples. But let's press on. Shall we move on? I think everyone's wanting to move on from my nipples. So the thing is, I feel a lot of people are saying, yeah, just get to the Bible, Mark. Yeah, let's focus away from the nipples. So the thing is, my dad's five foot one, but you know, he's got that thing where my daddy's like, has anyone else got a dad that's like points, points into your do -vee, do -vee, and he points into your chest and every single word he points and presses into you and some of the words have got lots of syllables haven't they so he would like and you're like you're wanting to go just let me get up to my room but he's got the hand on the door and you know I find this really fascinating because my dad's challenging my attitudes my dad is challenging my character. I wanted to get out. I wanted to, I would do anything to get out of that moment. I didn't want to listen to him. And incredibly, the Bible in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 5, it says this. A fool despises his father's instruction. A fool despises his father's instruction. But he who admonition is prudent. In other words, a father who comes and is bringing guidance, we've got to listen and we've got to take that wisdom. And I am so aware that in a room right now of this size, there are people who are going through some tough, tough things. I know that there's probably people right now, and you're a bit like me. You're desperately just to get out of this situation. You want to get out of the pain that you're in right now. You would do anything if the circumstances could just change. And if you're a bit like me, sometimes we come to God and we're like, God, would you just change this situation? This is not good. Please, God, just get me out of this. But you know, sometimes a father has got the hand on the door and he's teaching us some pretty big things through the pain. Through the pain. This is not a popular sermon. 
Because we want to be Christians where we get the magic wand out. We want to be Christians where God just comes and changes everything and turns everything around. But the truth is, is that sometimes God just has his hand on the door. You know, I don't know if you know this, but there's pure gold, pure gold to be found in the painful place. Pure gold to be found in the place of agony. Pure gold to be found in the place where it's tough. I read these words and they resonated deeply with me because, you know, it really helped me. It says, if I had the power of God, I would change my circumstances. But if I had the wisdom of God, I wouldn't. Wow. If I had the power of God, I would change the circumstances. I would just say, oh God, turn this all around. Take this away. I do not want to be going through this right now. But if I had the wisdom of God, I wouldn't. Because I would face the tough time. And I wanted to bring encouragement to you that if you're going through a bit of a rough patch, if you're going through a tough time, if things in your life right now seem to be pretty dark and pretty hard, I wanted you to know that, you know, God's teaching us some stuff. Yeah? He's, he's a loving father. My dad did not have his hand on the door because he was a terrible man. My dad had his hand on the door because he knew I had to change. There were things inside of me that had to be different. And even though as a young guy, I just wanted to get out of there and up to my room and get away from it. I did not want to hear the things he was saying. My dad had the wisdom to keep his hand on the door and say, son, you've got to go through this. And you know, maybe God right now is just saying, son, daughter, you need to go through this. This is tough. But God, this is a lot of pain. I don't want this pain. I've gone through some tough stuff. Um, Pastor Nick was talking about when I walked over Britain. And something happened to me when I walked over Britain. I was away from home for 70 days, 700 miles. Some days I walked for 30 miles. And then I did a show in the evening. And when my wife came to pick me up at the end, I was a shell. I was just gone. And oh my goodness. I went through some dark, dark nights. It was full of pain. But God was dealing with some stuff inside of me. I, I turned up to do these comedy shows and I would turn up early and I would sit in Starbucks and I would start sobbing. And I would be like hoping that no one from the show was going to come in and see all that comedian. That's the, oh yeah, the guy who's crying his eyes out. If you forget everything else I say, if you're going to cry, cry in Starbucks. They give you free coffee. It's amazing. Tell you, like, they're like, listen, have another espresso, buddy. You need that. I'm like, thank you. It's like, cry. And it was so dark and it was so tough and it was so hard. But God was dealing with some stuff inside me. God was talking to me about humility. God was talking to me about grace. God was talking to me about some big character issues. And I want to say, friend, don't, don't wriggle out of those moments too quick. There's pure gold to be found in the painful place. Does this make sense? 
And so the hand on the door. The second thing I wanted to talk about was the hand, um, the hand on the back, the hand on the back. Have you ever had one of those moments where like your dad just puts his hand on your back? Just kind of just that one gesture just makes everything okay. I remember like when I was a young guy, I was 17, and I asked this girl out. She was called Morag. Everybody say Morag. I don't know what, there's a few people laughing. Just kind of just say that is a lovely Scottish name, and I will not have people laughing at it. That's mild racism. So the thing is, Morag, beautiful, beautiful, lovely name, Morag. And I asked Morag out. I asked Morag out. Morag, will you go out with me? She says, I would not go out with you if you were the last person on earth. Yeah, thanks. There's a mixture of sympathy and laughter there, and I did not like that. And uh, I remember, you know, when you're like 16, 17, you just like, that, that was it. That was it. The world's ended. The world, there's no point in going on. It's like, oh, come on. And all your mum ever, your mum's like, oh, mum, mum, Morag said no. And you know, mums, I don't know what mums are like in Australia, but Scottish mums are like, well, what's happening? Mum, I, I want the world to end. She, she said she would never go out with me. She's the only one for me. I was going to be married to her and have children. My mum would go, would you like a bit of pizza? Yeah? You know, like mums do that where like they just go, let's get some food inside here, yeah? That'll sort everything, yeah? And uh, basically, my dad was the guy who would just come. Now and again, my dad would just put his hand on my back. And it would be like that sense in which the Father is here with you. He has not neglected you. He has not run from you. He is closer than a brother. And I, of course, I've only just met you today, but I wanted to say that. God, he comes for some people in this room and he just puts his hand on your back. He says, I am here with you. I am for you. I want you to know that you're not doing this on your own. I'm cheering you on. My friend Neil, my friend Neil, he um, was in the Lake District in England, which is a really mountainous area, and they were walk he was walking there with his brother. And a car came screaming around the corner, and this car stops, and this older gentleman gets out the car. And he comes running over to Neil and his brother, and he says, guys, could you help me? So like, what was happening? He says, oh, my son, he's 16 and he's doing a sponsored race from John O'Groats to Land's End. But he's 16. He's got all the sponsorship. But now he's tired. And he wants to give up. He's done. The hills in the Lake District are killer. He goes, would you guys help me? He's going to come around that corner on his bike in a couple of minutes. Would you just help me and cheer him on and just go crazy? And Neil and his brother was like, yeah, yeah. And this dad, he got a few other guys and there was a little group of them and they waited and sure enough, round the corner, this young lad, this young lad was done. He didn't want to cycle anymore. He was finished. But as soon as he came round the corner, the dad jumps up in the air. He punches the air. He goes, go on, my son. Go on, you can do it. 
And Neil said that this father's enthusiasm, the whole group began to clap and cheer and they're shouting and they're going, go on. And this little lad, it was like he got this energy and he was like, wow, these guys are for me. I can do this. And he went flying past them and he went right into the distance. And the dad turns around and he shakes all their hands. And Neil said to the guy, what are you going to do now? And the dad says, I'm going to jump in my car. I'm driving to the next town. I'm going to get an even bigger crowd. I'm going to cheer my son on right to the end of the race. And friend, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know if there's somebody in the room right now who's going through a tough time. I kind of felt when I was praying about this moment that there's some of us, we feel like giving up. We feel like we're tired. We feel like I'm done. Some of us feel like life's just been a little bit uphill recently. And I want you to know that God, he loves you. He is your biggest fan. He is for you. He is cheering you on. He is getting the angels together and he's going, look at my lad. Look at him go. Look at my girl. Look at her. She's amazing. Look at them. And he's cheering you on. He's with you every step of the way. God is with you and God is for you. And you need to know that his, his hand is on your back. He will not let you fall. He will not let you down. God, he is your strongest and biggest support. And he is with you and for you. I got this amazing opportunity to kind of speak with one of the chaplains. Do you remember like the towers when the planes went into the towers at New York? Yeah. And I got the chance to speak to one of the chaplains. He told me this story. Amazing. That when the firemen were going into the rubble and the ruins. And these firemen, these towers at New York had fallen. And these firemen were going in. And they were seeing things that no person or human being should ever have to look at. They were collecting bits of the bodies up. It was horrendous. And the chaplains were going around trying to help the firemen. And one time the chaplain said, they all came out. They were having sandwiches sitting on the rubble. They were eating their sandwiches. But one fireman, he sat away from the rest of the group. And he looked absolutely devastated. These guys were absolutely tired. They were just at their wits end. They were looking at things that they shouldn't have to look at. They were devastated men. And this one fireman took himself off and sat at the side. And the chaplain was like, this is it. This is my moment. I'm going to go over and I'm going to speak to this fireman. And I'm going to tell him about the love of God and the goodness of God. And as he was walking over, God spoke to him. And God said, do not say one word. Go and sit and sit with him and do not speak. The chaplain is in his head. He's going, what? God, what do, you, what do you mean? This is a great opportunity. Don't speak. The chaplain went over and found a little piece of rock that he could sit on. And he just sat and he nodded to the firemen. And they quietly just sat there. And the fireman just has these tears rolling down his face. He doesn't speak. He doesn't say anything to the chaplain. And the chaplain just quietly puts his hand on his back. 
And for 10 minutes, that's how they sit. No one speaks. And then the firemen have got to go back in. And he gets up and he turns to the chaplain and he says, I just, for the first time in my life, felt God. I felt the presence of God. No words were exchanged. But the chaplain put his hand on his back. And like Father God comes, whatever's going on in your life, he comes. He puts his hand on your back. He says, I'm here for you. I love you. I'm with you. I know you're going to get up in a few minutes. You're going to leave. We've all got challenges going on this week. God, the Father, he loves you. And he's for you. And his hand is on your back. Wow. And the third picture that I wanted to kind of describe to you is just simply this. Hands wrapped around in embrace. Hands wrapped around in embrace. Because we've had the hand on the door, the hand on the back, and the hands wrapped around in embrace. The Bible paints one of the most amazing pictures, a wonderful story that is found in Luke chapter 15. And it's a story of the prodigal son. And it's a story of a son who goes off and does whatever he likes. And basically the son messes up. He takes his inheritance off his dad. He says, I want my money now. And off he goes and lives a wild, crazed life. And then the money runs out and the friends run out. And he's eaten with the pigs. And he has a moment where he thinks, I just want to go back to dad. But how is the father going to be? How is he going to be? And the Bible paints this amazing picture. It doesn't paint a picture of a father who is angry and wants to just make his point. Wants to kind of tell the son exactly where the son went wrong. But it paints a picture of a father who's out pacing, looking, searching. When is the son going to come home? I want to tell you that on Wednesday, we're going to do the comedy show that we did at the Edinburgh Festival. And wow, it is funny. I hopefully I'm going to make you laugh. I'm hopefully going to make people kind of really have a great night. But there's moments in there where people will come and find God. And I want to encourage you that you would invite your boss, your neighbors, your wives, your children to get people to come and to have that room nice and packed. And as we're laughing and we're enjoying the humorous stories and we're just being ridiculous, then we're going to have these moments where God turns up in the most unlikely places. Isn't that good? The Bible says that Jesus was born. Where was he born? He wasn't born in, in, in the world, the earth's most likely place for a sovereign power to be born. He was born in a manger, in a stable. God turns up in the most unlikely places. Can God turn up in the middle of a comedy set? Yes, he can. And we are just seeing in Great Britain hundreds of people coming to faith 
in the middle of a comedy set. And I would love for you to bring your world on these Wednesdays and that we would see some great things. But I, I don't know if the musicians can come and join us, but um, in England, I don't know if they can. I don't think they're, 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 they're saying, no, we can't. That's what they're saying. I said, I don't know if the musicians can join us. They're sitting there going, you're right. No, we can't. We're staying here. Thanks, guys. Just can't get the staff these days. You know what I'm saying? Them very reluctant worship leaders. Have you noticed that? Sort of dragging themselves up. Oh, well, here we go again. Another shift. Yeah? You all right? Wow. Never work with young people. Yeah? It's dangerous. You all right there, guys? Good? Yeah? Don't, don't bother with the wigs. This is a serious bit. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I, uh, in Britain now, you're preaching, and you're getting to your last point, and as you're getting to your last point, suddenly, there's a keyboard player just playing. You didn't ask for it. Just like that. Just like that. And the first time it happened, I thought, what's happening? Just started playing lovely like that. And then I realized that basically that's like, okay, that's enough, yeah? We've, we've heard enough now from you. Let's wrap this thing up, yeah? That's what... Just like that, just like that. That's kind of like the godly spiritual way of saying, okay, yeah, finito, finished. And I thought that was bad until my wife has bought one at home, yeah? And she just plays it at home, just starts playing the keyboard. That's enough from you now, yeah? Wrap it up, brother. Wrap it up, yeah? It's good. Thanks for that. You did that without your hands. That's amazing. This guy is extraordinary. That's a spiritual gift right there. Playing the keyboard without using hands. Wow. I wanted to finish by telling you something that happened to me. I went to Bible college and I had this old banger of a car. It was horrendous. It was always breaking down. And my dad came to visit me. He lived in Edinburgh, Scotland, and he came to visit me in the middle of England. And I told him about my car. And I was due to go back to Scotland in two weeks' time. And my dad said to me, son, we're going to swap cars for these two weeks. I'm going to take the old banger back up to Scotland. You can have my car. I said, dad, no way. Dad, you drive that back to Scotland, it's going to break down at least three times. My dad's like, son, that's the deal. My dad drove the old banger, sure enough, broke down, horrendous journey. He got it back to Edinburgh. He got it all fixed for me. But I was an idiot. I was like a 21-year-old guy, and I got my dad's car. Now, it would be a cool story if I told you that I looked after that car with honor and respect, yeah? That would be a cool story, and you would be going, that's not, that, that guy's a good guy. That guy, he, His dad treated him with kindness, and he honored that. But I was 21, and I was an idiot. And I used that car to try and impress ladies. That's what I did. And basically, I started to throw that car around, and it had a much bigger engine than the thing I was used to. And I crashed my dad's car. And I took the side right off it. It was bad. You know one of those moments where you go, oh, I'm sure it will be, oh no, that's bad. Have you ever had one of those moments? It's like, oh, that's, that's, we can't just get a wet cloth and sort that, yeah? 
that is definitely not going to go away with a wet cloth. And basically, I knew that I was going to have to face my dad. My dad had shown me kindness and I took his kindness and I shoved it in his face. I felt really bad. I phoned home. I made sure I phoned when my dad wasn't in and I told my mom, mom, I've had a little bit of a bump with the car. You know, a little bit of a bump with the car. My mum was like, are you going to be able to drive it back? I says, yeah, I think we should be able to, but it's pretty bad. My mum said, listen, what I'll do is I'll tell dad that you've had a little mishap with the car so that before you get home, he kind of knows. And we're just going to have to wait and see because you know your dad loves that car. You know when your mum's talking to you and you're like, mum, I don't know if you're aware of this, but everything you're saying is not helping, yeah? Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? When your mum's speaking and you're like, I don't know if you know this, mum, but everything you're saying is bothering me, yeah? It is causing me troubles. And I was just like listening to this thinking, oh man, it's about four and a half hour drive and I drove that whole way and I was absolutely like just sweating, thinking what, what's going to happen? What, what's going to happen when I get... My dad let me borrow his car because he was kind. And look what I've done. I pulled up into the drive and the car is a complete right off at the side. It is horrendous. And my dad opened the door and he's at the door. And I saw him and I burst into tears and I said, Dad, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And what did my dad do? My dad ran down the path and he grabbed hold of me and he pulled me in and he says, son, I'm just glad that you never got injured. I'm glad you never got hurt. He goes, it's only a car. And I, I gave him this massive hug. And in that moment, something happened that would never have happened before. But I realized that I had taken his kindness and trampled on his kindness. And what my dad was he was giving me his grace. I didn't deserve it. To be honest, I deserved a good shout in that. I deserved to be told I was an idiot. I was deserved to be told, Mark, you were showing off in front of those girls and you smashed the car. You're an idiot. That's what I deserved. But I didn't get what I deserved. I got his grace. And you know, the story in Luke son had taken the money and thrown it away in parties and prostitutes what did he deserve he deserved nothing but he came back and the father he threw his arms around him he was dead and now he's alive oh wow today God he gives you his grace he gives you his kindness we deserve to be punished, to spend forever without God. And yet God gives us his love and his kindness. He gives us his grace. I don't know if it's possible if we could just bow our heads in the presence of God. But there's been an incredible sense of God's presence right from the beginning of this service. An incredible sense that God is here. 
And I really believe that on this Father's Day that there are some of us, and we need to just do a little bit of business with God right now. I believe that there are some people in this room, and I don't know what's happening with you, friend, but it's been a bit of a tough journey. And God, He comes and He puts His hand on your back. I believe that there are people here and you have gone distant from God. You have gone far from Him. You have drifted away from Him. And you know today that you deserve, you deserve punishment, but He gives you His grace. He gives you His love. I'm going to do something really simple. I'm just going to pray a really short prayer. And as we're in the presence of God, if either of those things work for you today, I want you to pray that prayer in your heart after me. Don't say it out loud, but just pray it in your heart. And then I'm going to say amen. And every head's going to stay bowed and eye closed. And when I say amen, I'm going to simply count to three. And on three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to raise up your hand and take it back down again. And I will say that today and I'll know that that will show me that you, you, you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart and that the hand on the back, the hand that goes around your waist, he pulls you in close. He loves you today. This is the prayer. Why don't you pray this prayer in your heart? Father, Father, God, it's, it's been a tough journey, but I'm so glad that you are with me and for me. I receive your hand on the back. Father, I've grown distant from you and so much Space has come between us. But I run into your arms and receive your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to count to three. If you prayed that prayer, I would just ask you to raise up your hand and show me today that you prayed that. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's wonderful. People all over the room amazing. Lord, I want to thank you for people who have raised their hands today. I want to thank you, God, that you are a loving and gracious Father. I want to thank you, God, that you didn't give us what we deserve, but you give us your kindness and your grace. And I pray, God, for those of us today that are going through tough times, that God, that we would know that you are our biggest fan, that you love us and care for us, that you will never leave us. Thank you, guys. I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Amen.